Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our consideration on this first Sunday after Epiphany, this baptism of our Lord celebration, is the second lesson that we just heard a few minutes ago, found in Acts chapter 16. St. Luke writes, Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of the Savior in whom we have been baptized as his family members, dear friends. It was halftime at the biggest game of the year and things didn't look too good for the home team. The star player, the center, who normally could drain three-pointers all day long, was putting up mostly air balls and bricks. Again and again and again, his teammates would, would pass him the ball, and again and again and again, he'd immediately take a shot, and again and again and again, he would miss that shot. And so at halftime, as the team huddled in the locker room, the star center turned to his coach and said, What do I got to do to win? And it's then that his coach looked at him and spoke one of the oldest cliches in sports. There's no I in team. What he meant by that, of course, was it's not about you. You've got to start looking to other people. You've got to start being a team player. You have to let your teammates play as well. We're not going to win if you think it all depends on you. Things didn't look that good that night in Philippi nearly 2,000 years ago either. It was a pitch dark and stifling hot night. The jail in Philippi, like usual, was full. It was full of thieves, full of robbers, full of murderers, full of criminals, Criminals who would love to do anything they could to get out of that jail, including, if it came down to it, hurting or killing one of the Roman soldiers who was guarding them. But the head jailer wasn't too concerned. He had things under control. After all, you don't get to be the head jailer of a prison in a Roman colony like Philippi without being cool capable, and at least a little bit ruthless. But he did have to admit, it, that night was a little different. Especially a couple of the prisoners who were in his jail that night. They weren't in there because they had stolen money or hurt somebody. They were there because they had cast the demon out of a slave girl who was telling fortunes for her owners and now suddenly couldn't do that any longer. And they got mad, and so there were those two prisoners. What was even stranger about those two prisoners was what they were doing. They weren't screaming out like the other prisoners. They weren't insulting the guards. They weren't cursing each other. They were praying. Praying and, and singing. Not those bawdy, 
songs that you often hear being sung by prisoners in, in a Roman jail. But they were singing hymns. Singing hymns to a God who had sent his son to die. They were singing about something called grace and a place called heaven. And then things got even stranger. The ground began to shake, just a little bit at first, just a, just a trembler, it seemed like. But then the shaking kept going and got worse and worse, and the building started swaying, and suddenly the torches fell out of their holders and went out. And in the darkness, over the rumble of the earthquake, you could hear the sound of chains falling off the walls and the creaking of doors opening. The Roman soldiers who were guarding the prisoners fled into the streets. There's no way they wanted to be caught in a building that was going to collapse. And perhaps even worse, being caught by prisoners who were suddenly free. The jailer, realizing what was going on, knew what he had to do. He knew that he, in charge of all those prisoners, would be held responsible if there had been a massive jailbreak, even though he certainly had nothing to do with an earthquake and couldn't possibly prepare for that. didn't matter. He would be charged. He would face the embarrassment of a court-martial. He would face the punishment that would come from that, which was quite possibly going to be execution. So he did what any self-respecting Roman soldier would do in a case like that. He was going to take his own life. When suddenly he heard something that was even more shocking than the rumble of an earthquake a few moments earlier, and that was a voice, a voice of one of those two prisoners who had been praying and singing hymns, shouting, Don't do it! We're all here! And immediately after calling for a torch to be lit, he, he went to those men and he fell down in front of them and he said, what must I do to be saved? And the answer that he was given by Paul and Silas wasn't, you must pray the sinner's prayer and you must devote your life to Christ and by the way, you're probably going to have to find a new line of occupation. They said, believe. Just believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You know, it's kind of a foolish question when you think about it. What must I do to be saved? As if a sinner could do anything to appease the God who's just a taste of his power he had just experienced in that earthquake. What could that Roman guard and uh, pr prison warden, what could he possibly offer to God that would appease him, that would, that would make up for his sinful life? What could you offer to God? What could I offer to God? What could we poor, miserable sinners ever possibly give to God that he would need from us, that he would give us something back in exchange? You know, what, what Paul said to that Roman prison guard 
was kind of like what the coach said to that player at halftime. There's no I in saved. Being saved is not a matter of doing. Being saved is a matter of believing. There's nothing we can do for God. There's nothing we have to do for God because God has already done it. He's done it all. He's done everything we need for our salvation. He sent His Son, His only Son, the one He loves. He sent His Son to take on human flesh and to take our place. He sent His Son to live the kind of life we can't live, but He demands. He sent His Son to die and pay for our sins with His life and His blood. There's no I in saved. There's only Jesus. Believe, they said. Believe in the Lord Jesus. But don't make the mistake of thinking that, that believing, that faith is something we do. So here's our little part. God did most of it, and now all we have to do is believe. Faith itself is a gift. St. Paul wrote to the, to the uh, Corinthians, faith, no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Faith is, is, is simply how we receive the gift of salvation. And again, faith itself is a gift from God. Yet, we often find ourselves falling into that same mindset of, of that Roman jailer of trying to put an eye back into saved. When we find ourselves bargaining with God, maybe you've heard yourself say or pray, God, if, if you do this for me, then I'm going to do that for you. Like I have something to offer to God that he should give me something in exchange. Or when we find ourselves grumbling and complaining about our lot in life, saying to God, I deserve better than that. I'm a, I'm a good person. Then we're trying to put the I in saved. And there is no I in saved. There's only Jesus. So what does that have to do with baptism, the, our focus of worship this morning? Really, Everything. When that jailer turned to Paul and said, what must I do, looking at himself, Paul pushed, uh, took him away from looking at himself and turned him to looking toward God. He said, believe in the Lord Jesus. And immediately after that, he and his whole household was baptized. Through baptism, God gave that jailer and his family that gift the gift of salvation. And that's exactly how God has given you and me that same gift, through our baptism. But that's hard for a lot of people to, to understand or accept because baptism seems like it's such a, such a simple thing. To many people, baptism is just this thing that we do to show that we are saved when in reality it's something God does to save us. Something so simple. We're absolutely passive in baptism. It's God who's doing it to us and for us and in us. 
I mean, you think about it. Both as somebody who is baptized and somebody who has baptized hundreds of people in my ministry, I can tell you there's few things that are simpler and take less time than baptism. A few handfuls of plain water. A few simple words spoken. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But in those simple words and that simple action, God does something that is anything but simple. God saves us. At Jesus' baptism, the triune God was revealed. The the voice of the Father speaking from heaven and proclaiming Jesus, His beloved Son. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, standing there in human form in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit taking on the form of a dove and landing on Jesus. At your baptism, the triune God was also revealed. God the Father said, You are my beloved child at your baptism. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, clothed you with His righteousness, covered over all of your sins and imperfections. God, the Holy Spirit, took up residence in your heart and in your life at your baptism. Do you ever find yourself doubting, wondering, questioning, does God love me? Are my sins really, all of them, forgiven? Am I really going to heaven? Am I saved? The answer isn't to do something. The answer is to remember something. Remember your baptism. Remember that God made you his dear child in holy baptism. Remember that Jesus clothed you with his righteousness in holy baptism. Remember that God the Holy Spirit brought you to faith or strengthened your faith in holy baptism. When that jailer was baptized, the last thing we hear about him, St. Luke writes, he was filled with joy. Before his baptism, he was filled with anything but joy. As he was looking to himself, what must I do? He was filled with fear and doubts and dread. But now, he was filled only with joy. As we remember our baptism, that's what we are filled with as well. Joy at knowing we're God's dear children. Joy at knowing that we're saved. Because there is no I in saved. There is only Jesus and joy. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.